Hello and welcome to the MTM Vegas podcast. I am Sean Coomer, your host, joined as always by MTM's managing editor, Mark Osterman. We have a great show for you this week. As a reminder, we're now doing two YouTube shows a week that are combined into this podcast, but you can watch this entire show with all the visuals that go along with it at youtube.com forward slash miles to memories. And we covered a lot this week, including a bonus new strip casino, one that we weren't expecting. Find out who's going to build the next new casino on the Las Vegas Strip, plus Notre Dame invaded Las Vegas and they turned the Vegas sign green. We'll talk about kids and casinos and how really terrible that is. The M Resort in Henderson has announced a big expansion thanks to their Raiders partnership. They're adding hundreds of new rooms and an entirely new tower. We talk about the When We Were Young Festival. It was announced for 2023. Some great bands there. Mandalay Bay is spending over $100 million renovating their conference center. And we'll talk about minor league concession prices in Vegas and why the new hockey team is charging insane prices. $15 popcorn. Oh my God. Stick around for all of that and more. But first, if you like the show, don't forget to subscribe in your favorite podcast app. Just search MTM Vegas. We also do a Miles Points Travel podcast, the Miles to Memories podcast. You can find everything about that at mtmpodcast.com or just search Miles to Memories. And finally, for all of our Vegas content, posts, podcasts, and videos, head to mtmvegas.com. We have everything there for you. Thanks so much for listening, for supporting the show. Let's hit it. So, Mark, did you see that the Fighting Irish Notre Dame came to town for their uh, Shamrock Series this past weekend? And uh, they won. I think they beat BYU by a touchdown or something. But the cool thing about it was that they died or they changed the light bulbs on the Las Vegas sign, turned them green for the Irish. I know you're not a big Notre Dame fan, but that's how disrespectful to BYU, you know. But no, we don't need to give uh, Notre Dame fans any more of a big head. So it, no, it is it is pretty cool. I do not like Notre Dame. You know, they're a rival of us, and and everybody in the Big Ten kind of has a sore spot for them. Uh, just join the conference already, so you can play all your rivals. But whatever, it is what it is. But no, it's kind of cool. It looks like a whole bunch of the fans came out to to support it and come for the trip and everything. So that seems cool. They got to check out the stadium and. Got the W, which is important, but you know it is disrespectful to BYU. They're 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 a decent name too, <laughs> and they're closer, right? They're they're much closer geographically. Uh, but I just I hope that this is a thing that they do more often, changing the light bulbs, and you know you know you see that with different buildings and stuff like that. I think it's a cool look. You just want a new uh, uh, birthday light bulb, like uh... <laughs> <laughs> yes. Mark, uh, just after we recorded last week our second episode, and we're doing two episodes a week, so if you haven't seen our latest ones, go back and, and check it out. We're doing shorter episodes now, if you haven't watched uh, any of our shows this past week. But just after we recorded last week, there was a stabbing on the Las Vegas Strip. Um, six people injured, two people killed. There's different varying accounts of how it happened, but basically he, he ended up stabbing them. And just another high-profile incident, another tragedy on the Strip. Heart goes out to everybody involved, and it just sounds like it was another terrible event. But I guess this is going to bring up that chatter again. Is the Strip safe, or is this just another one of those random things that seems to be happening everywhere around the country? Yeah, it's really it's sad. And it's, it happened, what, at like 2 o'clock in the afternoon? Like, you don't expect... usually. Stuff goes down. It's when people have been drinking or at night and somebody gets upset at somebody. So it's totally unexpected. You think during the day nothing's going to happen. And a guy walking around with a knife is is pretty crazy that it happened as long as it did. And it sounds like he went to an interview and seemed kind of off kilter at the win or was trying to get an interview carrying a knife. So it doesn't seem like this should have ever gotten to this this 
you know, spot. Like somebody should have done something uh, before this, but sad to see. I don't know if it really means anything about Vegas. You know, the guy drove in from California. It, it, like you said, it's kind of happening everywhere, which is just a sad state of the world right now. And I think it, you know, Vegas maybe just attracts more of that type of people, people with mental illness because of the lights and everything going on. So they, they end up there more often or not. I, I don't know. It, it, it I, I definitely will give people some pause for sure. Yeah. The interview he did, I think was with the Telemundo station in LA two days before the, the stabbing. So when he was in LA saying he needed help, clearly he was mentally disturbed and, uh, you know, it was, it's just a terrible situation uh, for, for everybody, for the victims, obviously. And he's been charged with murder, and they caught him fairly quickly using a network of cameras that the police have. So they were able to pretty quickly identify who he was, track him via camera to wherever he went, and then arrest him. So good job on uh, on doing that. And, uh, yeah, it's terrible. Just a reminder to always be diligent. But um, they were just doing their job, you know, out there providing fun to the tourists, taking pictures with Vegas showgirls. And uh, yeah, it ended uh, it ended uh, terribly. So yeah, it sucks to have to cover this stuff. It sucks that we've had so many high profile things. This was just obviously October 1st just happened. So that's uh, the, that was the five year anniversary of the, the massacre on the strip. And um, it's always bad for tourism, but uh, yeah, it's just, we see too many of these stories lately. Sad to start off with such a such a bad story, but we are getting some interesting news that we've talked about this throughout like the last year, Mark. Tillman Fertitta, the owner of Landry's and Golden Nugget, and I believe even the uh, Houston Rockets, I think he owns nowadays, uh, he bought land on the strip right at the corner of Harmon and Las Vegas Boulevard where that Tex-Mex Cantina is and where that travel lodge is. Close the Travelodge. We basically had rumors that he's going to develop a new casino there, and they finally filed with the county what they're going to do. So a 43-story, 2,400-room casino. He paid $270 million for the land, and he's going to put up a, uh, I think it's only six acres of land, which is an insane small plot. Like, it's like Cosmo. You know, you would, I think Cosmo's like on twice that amount of land, and you feel like it's so small. So this is going to be a very tiny, huge casino but a big player coming to the strip, he he's you know he's about as big as they get. I wonder if it will be called uh, Golden Nugget as well, or or if they're going to do something different. We talked but... about this, and I think he has this upscale brand in Houston that he may use. That's the rumor. I forget the name of it, um, but not going to be Golden Nugget, I believe, as far as all the rumors go. But again, nothing firm has been announced yet. There's just filings, and I think on October 18th is when they're going to hear this and approve the casino. Should call it the silver nugget, but um, <laughs> the platinum nugget. I don't know, but yeah, that's I think you insane. made that joke before when we talked about this. <laughs> Did we? Did I? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> People will tell us. <laughs> no, it, that is an insane amount of money for land. But you think about the strip. Like this is prime time strip and there's you know it's un, undeveloped so somewhat because travelage. You know, people have been making jokes about that forever. So this is kind of like one of the last few places that you could buy something, knock it down, put something in, you know, in the heart of the strip. So it'll be interesting to see. I don't know how you're going to pack that many rooms in that, that <laughs> in a casino into that small of a footprint, but you know, I guess it's going to be tall. Maybe it'll be the tallest building in Vegas or something. Yeah, it'll be, it's definitely going to be a Cosmo-esque like property as far as how they make it very tall and uh, very skinny and narrow. Just a reminder, that intersection is undergoing tons of kind of changes uh, just south of there, if you remember, the Hawaiian Marketplace closed, and that they announced a new three-story mall. 
And then at Harmon Corner, you have that four-story mall uh, going in that we've we've provided construction updates on. So that corner More malls again, and more casinos. That's all Vegas yeah, needs. Malls, casinos, and screens <laughs> all over that corner. Uh, but that's it's happening. But I mean, this is this is almost like a bonus new casino, right? Everybody's looking at Fountain Blue, and there's been some other projects like Dream announced on the South Strip and stuff like that. But this is sort of the 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 one that kind of flew under the radar, and uh, maybe it'll be the coolest of all of them. Wild prediction. This gets built and finished before Fountain Blue does. <laughs> no, Fountain Blue will be open in a year. Yeah, uh, sure. So that's what they that's say. Gonna, yeah, I don't it's been, I it'll be open for a year for, since 2008. Yeah, oh my God. All right, so yeah, looking forward to that. We'll announce uh, more as we learn, and hopefully when they have that hearing on the 18th, we'll learn more details. But I expect that it's going to take quite a few years to build this property, and I don't think it's going to open before Fountain Blue. So we'll see. <laughs> well, with six acres, they can have a really small theater that maybe even Chris Angel could pack. So we'll see. There you go. There you go. <laughs> All right. So uh, I wanted to talk about this new downtown hybrid hotel that's going in because I've never heard of this concept. It's from the same developers who developed the Todd English Hotel downtown, which is sort of like this very modern sort of boutique hotel. Um, but it's going to feature over 240 rooms, a restaurant, and then in their release, they say, and a laundry room, which... You know, it's a little strange that you're highlighting the laundry room of your hotel. If it feels like a mixture, so it's going to have some residential units. Then it's going to have like a hostel-like environment. So it almost feels like they took like a, a mixing like a, a Hyatt house or an extended stay concept with a like a WeWork kind of concept with the hostel concept and put it all in one building and this is the future of hotels is what they're saying do you buy it uh maybe for like millennials i guess i, I don't know <laughs> i mean it, it does make a bit of sense because everybody's doing work from home now and and can be a nomad and stuff so i could see why they would be thinking maybe this is the trend of the future or where it's going if if companies stay this way with a lot of people working from home and you know being in detroit i don't want to be here and February or whatever, if I could go stay in at a reasonable place in Vegas that has a laundry room to wash my clothes, I guess, you know, that, that'd be kind of cool. And they have, if they have workplaces for you to sit at and, and do your work where you're not cramped in a room, because, you know, 99% of hotel rooms have a terrible setup for trying to get work done, very uncomfortable. So, you know, having these places to go and stuff, I think is a good concept. Uh, you know, it would have been really good if they did this a year ago and it was built. Like if this was the Todd English launch, I think it would have fit in perfectly. So hopefully the trend stays that it makes sense. But I think it'll be unique and something interesting. I don't know if it'll be like the future of hotels, but I think it will have a place for sure. Yeah, I think it's an interesting concept. The Arts District is the perfect place for it. And this is the second hotel now going in that area after the Todd English Hotel. Um, so it's good to, you know, that they're providing a different area with that. It, it, like that concept fits that area very well. So I think that it'll probably do good there and we've seen that in the wider hotel industry like with their new brands like for instance moxie from marriott where they've removed desks and you know they've made more public spaces for people to work and socialize and stuff like that and de-emphasize some of those spaces inside the rooms so this could kind of fit in well with that but uh it looks pretty nice on the outside good to see more development coming downtown you know it's probably yeah. a little hipster for me and we should say, if you haven't been to the Arts District and you go to Vegas, get off the Strip, get off Fremont, go check it out. Very unique, independently owned places, cool little bars, restaurants, you know, live entertainment, stuff like that. It's it's like being in a big city that's not Vegas. So it's kind of, you know, cool to go check out and, and you'll feel like you're in, you know, Seattle or San Antonio or Austin, something like that. Like this little area is, is pretty unique. So I definitely encourage everybody to go 
and take a peek, especially if you like beer, lots of breweries, stuff like that. Yeah, Arts District is really good. All right, so last story, uh, you sent this over, and I thought we could talk about it just briefly because I was a kid in Las Vegas. I grew up in Las Vegas. There's this picture of these two random kids sitting behind their mom at a slot machine at Cosmo, um, just sitting there. And I grew up in Las Vegas. I saw this all the time, usually at convenience stores, gas stations, people waiting for their parents. Don't make your kids wait for you while you gamble. It's terrible on so many levels. You know, I don't know. It sucks. So, like, the you're saying the convenience store, are there, like, gambling machines in the, like, yeah. 7-Eleven and stuff? And people would sit while their kids just, like, hang out in 7-Eleven or whatever? Yeah, 7-Eleven. The grocery, the grocery stores now, when, since they made smoking illegal, they're kind of cordoned off. They have their own rooms. But it used to be they were just out in the middle of the grocery store. So you would see that there. You still see that in, like, 7-Eleven or convenience stores. Um, yeah, I mean, sometimes in casinos. But, unfortunately, there are people who have a problem with it and... They tend to drag their kids around, and uh, it sucks for the kids. And that picture is just so sad. Yeah, hopefully the you know the, the people at Cosmo came and and stopped that, or said you you need to take them, go to the room, go home, whatever. Uh, hopefully it didn't go on too long, but it is sad to see. I mean this this episode's been kind of depressing. Um, going. <laughs> yeah, I know. I this was actually supposed to be earlier in the show, and I pushed it back. So let's not talk about this anymore. But. Uh, I pushed it back after the the stabbing thing. I mean, there is some exciting things, obviously, with with the new casino and stuff. But uh, you know, you can't overcome the realities of what's happening in in Vegas when there's a shooting or a big national case. And you know, this is another downside of gambling, of gaming, of casinos. And it's it's yeah. Just and a- then you know, once they move to their phone and stuff, they'll just sit at home doing it while their kids are there. I guess that's <laughs> that's better because at least they're at home and you know they can do their own thing, but. It also is worse because it's, you know, accessible at any time. So it's good. You know, the future is going to be uh, interesting to see how this all plays out. Probably not for the better, uh, but we shall see. So, Mark, did you see the hundred dollar soda? at Flamingo in the uh, in the vending machines. It reminds me of going to like their uh, gift shop. I went there one time. They don't have prices on any of the drinks or anything. So I went to buy a soda and I think it was like $8 for a soda because they have like surge pricing. So depending on how busy it is, they charge you whatever they want. Uh, apparently this was a mistake, but a uh, $100 soda coming to Vegas in the future. Yeah, it's weird that, you know, I'm thinking, okay, they must have meant to charge $9.95 and the, they programmed in the wrong number. But I think the guy said on Twitter they ended up finding it for three dollars, but he had to go to like four different floors to to find one that worked or and had priced the correct pricing, which seems crazy. I wonder if anybody's actually like swiped the card, didn't pay attention, and then gets that hundred dollar bill on their uh, credit card and has to. I'm sure. It or- Maybe that's that's why whoever programmed it fat fingered the uh, the price. Yeah. yeah, you're right. He had to go to three different floors. So he went. He went to the first one that was ninety nine dollars. Then he went to two other ones that were cash only. And three dollars, and he finally, I guess, found one. But uh, I guess that's the Caesar's experience for you. Yeah, way to go, Flamingo. <laughs> <laughs> the M Resort has announced uh, a big expansion. Uh, they are the official Raiders Hotel here in Las Vegas. Um, they've been out there since 2009. They opened in the middle of the recession. They've hung on and done well, and now West Henderson, as that area is called, is growing like crazy. And uh, they're about to spend a couple hundred million dollars to uh, expand the property, add a new tower 
384 new rooms, bringing their total up to 774. Let's start there. More investment. We're seeing investment everywhere in Vegas. It's crazy. Yeah, especially for a local, you know, mainly local casino hotel, 700 plus rooms seems like a big undertaking. I don't know. Do you think a lot of people are are doing staycations there? Do you think it's people visiting family and friends in the area stay there? Or do you, I'm sure they get a chunk of tourists that, that want to be away from the strip and all that, but it just seems like a big investment for, you know, I wouldn't think that people would come and stay there, maybe go gamble for sure, but I'm kind of surprised that they need more rooms. I think there's a couple of things that make this a brilliant location, and uh, I'm glad they held on, and now I feel like the, their future is really good. Um, South Point does really well, kind of for similar reasons, but there's a lot of people that live in that area, and a lot of people visit them, so they want sort of the experience of a, staying in a casino, stuff like that, but they want to be close to their friends and relatives. Um, and then also it's a locals casino, like you say, so people go there and gamble. Um, I think the thing that helps the M is that it is a sort of a more of a luxury property, higher end rooms, things like that. So it is a draw. It's also the first property you get to coming from California when you're coming into Las Vegas. Um, so it, it's good for that. It's easy in and out. Plus, in 2019, they became the Raiders official hotel. Whatever and in that 2021, means. <laughs> they opened that restaurant, <laughs> that Raiders restaurant. So I feel like uh, they doubled down the Raiders practice facilities right next to their um, the location is really convenient. And, you know, it is off the Strip, but it's right off the 15. So you're less than 10 minutes right on the freeway to get into the heart of the Strip. So, you know, if you're not on that type of vacation where you're just no car, you're down on the Strip, it is a good option. It has a lot of restaurants. It's a really beautiful property. Yeah, I still need to check it out for sure. And it is, I mean, you can get the Vegas experience without being in the heart, and then you can get down there pretty quickly, which is which is a big plus. I don't know, maybe they do, like, good packages for Raiders fans, uh, coming in, staying, you know, if you have tickets or whatever, you get a deal. I, I'm guessing that's what Raiders Hotel means. <laughs> I, I doubt guess. the players I mean, are staying there before a game. No, but. but they have the restaurant. So, you know, I'm sure Raiders fans, when they come to town for their games and stuff like that, uh, you know, they want to go to the M. They're probably more likely to stay there because um, there's going to be other Raiders fans there. They have the restaurant that they can eat in. Um, of course, I'm sure people dress in Raiders stuff. So I could see it being uh, big. Plus, the practice facility is less than five minutes from there. So... Plus, you um, don't have to spend 100 bucks to be in the sports book there, probably. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. So there's a couple of interesting things. We talked uh, last week about Penn National Gaming selling the Tropicana and how that sale closed. Clearly, um, they're making some big moves because of the money that they got uh, from selling Tropicana. This is a big move. They're moving two of their riverboats in Illinois to land-based casinos, building another casino in Ohio. So just we don't talk about Penn National all that much because they don't have a huge... Vegas presence right now really it's only the M Resort after they sold Trop uh, but they could be a big player to come to Vegas again on the strip but also they're making moves everywhere a huge company Penn National is definitely a big player these days the future owner of Virgin after it defaults <laughs> there you go now remember that six acre property across the street from M Resort back in late 2020 uh, Marnell who is the guy who built M Resort uh, went into an agreement with the city of Henderson to buy that property and to eventually develop it into a casino. Uh, I did some research today trying to see if there's any update on that. Not an update at all, so I don't know what's happening across the street. Um, but uh, Penn certainly doubling down on M Resort and everything that's there. They don't even have one dump truck like uh, All City Arena or All Sports Arena or whatever. <laughs> nope, they got uh, not, a, not a dump truck. There isn't even news about the sale. I didn't have a ton of time to dive into it, but uh, clearly... Um, I don't even know if the sale went through, um, but even if it did, that was a project, you know, far into the future. So 
Um, you know, we'll, we'll see. But Vegas is still getting a lot of investment despite, you know, what's happening in the wider economy uh, as far as, you know, I don't know, uh, insecurity and things like that. So it's, it's very interesting. Now for us, Mark, I feel like we're kind of like in the golden age where everything is tailored to us, right? As like late 30s, early 40s. And uh, that's why we're getting the When We Were Young Festival, which has all the bands from our from our childhood. Like they're really, I mean, this is really uh, the festival I think that's made for us. Yeah. I, I mean, I saw it on uh, Facebook uh, today and pre-sales going out, I think, in, you know, a day or so after this uh, video goes up or maybe the day of. So, you know, all these bands, Green Day, Blink-182, Sum 41, all the bands that were like late 90s, early 2000s that had all the hits are, are in it. Like Good Charlotte, I think, is in it. Um, so it's crazy. Like, they, they brought together a huge group of people. And I'm guessing there's a lot of, you know, West Coast bands even on this list that I don't know. But people that grew up on the West Coast probably know, know pretty well. Because that was kind of like the epicenter of punk rock uh, back then and everything. It's definitely, you know, I don't do festivals. I'm not a big music festival guy, but this is one that's tempting for sure. I don't know what the prices are going to be or anything like that, but it looks uh, pretty insane. Yeah, so let's talk about the prices. I totally agree with you. This I don't do music festivals, but if I was going to do one, I think this is probably the one. Like, it's pretty much made for me. But uh, yeah, so general admission, $249, which seems insane to me. So this is going to be on Saturday, October 21st at the Las Vegas Festival Grounds. That's the... Festival grounds in Las Vegas Boulevard. Fifty bands in one day, like yeah. Well, I, yeah, yeah, multiple stages, but yeah, you're right. I'm surprised it's not at least a two day festival. Um, but but listen to these prices, Mark. So general admission two hundred forty nine dollars just gets you inside. General admission plus four hundred nineteen dollars. That includes the same as general admission, but you also get access to air conditioned restrooms and dedicated entry. <laughs> so. <laughs> For $170, so though, you can use the air conditioned restroom. You can you can take a poop and uh, not sweat. And <laughs> yeah, well, I've and never it, heard of that before, where it's an upcharge to use a, a actual restroom instead of a porta potty. Yeah, yeah. I went through it like I compared them side by side. The only difference I could see was the air conditioned restrooms and the dedicated entry for the GA plus. But they also have a VIP, which adds in uh, for another 100 and something dollars. So 500 something dollars adds in official merch water stations and charging stations for your phone um so with the vip package at 500 plus dollars you're not even getting a drink you're getting free water and free air-conditioned restrooms uh i'm back out yeah i don't know i don't see like (laughs) as soon as i saw that i was like 249 dollars for the cheapest option i don't know if that it makes sense there's a lot of like big name bands there um i'm sure that you know the the talent has to get paid a lot I'm not turned off by the 249 as much as like the VIP package being a whole bunch of nothing. Like here's here's a t-shirt. Thanks for spending an extra couple hundred bucks. You should get like a dedicated indoor outdoor space where you can go in like a bar and it's air conditioned even if you have to pay for the drinks. Like not free drinks, but just like a separate area that you can go get away from everybody. If you're paying that kind of price, they should definitely have that set up. Yes, with that. <laughs> Air-conditioned restroom, that's so Just funny. imagine if they added Chris Angel to this, how many more tickets they'd sell. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> he could be the opening Chris act. Angel. He'll perform in the air-conditioned restrooms. All right. All right, so... That's about Mandalay. where you could do it. <laughs> see, you're, every week you're dragging me more and more into this, and then uh, one of these times I'm going to see him... Oh, uh, the extra $100 right. is Chris Angel will make your uh, poo disappear. Oh, my God. All right, so... Mandalay Bay announced a huge expansion, a $100 million renovation of their 2.1 million square foot conference center. I don't know if you've ever attended a conference there. I have. It's an enormous 
convention center. I think it's the second biggest in town. Maybe Sands right around the same size, but it's a giant convention center. And, you know, you could walk from like Delano or the Mandalay Bay rooms like 15 minutes just to get to the furthest conference rooms there. That's how big it is. Um, but they're adding a lot of new technology, new internet to make it faster, those digital advertising walls, um, you know, better presentation facilities, all of that sort of stuff. I guess they need to do that to keep up. Uh, another investment in the future of uh, conventions here in Las Vegas. Yeah, it seems like they're they're high on conventions coming back, but it's it, it just goes to show like how much adding usable Wi-Fi in a where there's a lot of people, how much it costs. Because I know like the stadium here for Michigan State, every year they keep increasing. They spend tons of money, and it doesn't get any better. <laughs> so they're just kind of like throwing money out the door. But you know, you've seen this. I bet you a big chunk of that hundred million is just increasing the Wi-Fi, adding, you know, the booster, the signal, all that stuff, which is crazy. But it's like the biggest complaint I think people get at all these functions and events is, hey, I can't use my phone. The cell signal is terrible in here and the Wi-Fi is down. So something you got to do, but just crazy. You know, 20 years ago, that wasn't an expense. Yeah, everybody wants to complain about hotels when they charge for conference Wi-Fi. It's a huge need. They're also redoing like the tropical sort of landscape. They're adding new art. So it'll, it'll look nice when we get when we go over there. It'll be done by the end of 2024. So good to see the investment there. Now, Mark, I thought minor league sports were supposed to be affordable. You go to the minor league hockey game, you, you know, get cheap beers, cheap sodas, things like that. But apparently not in Las Vegas, because did you see the dollar loan center, their concession rates? They raised them. So they're even higher than they were. Um, but what is it, $15 for popcorn at a minor league yeah, stadium? I, I, what the heck I, I, is that? <laughs> I wonder if they went from like, because it was $5 for popcorn. I wonder if it they went to 15 and it's like all you can eat, like refillable maybe. That's the only thing I can think that would make sense. But even there, maybe go to $10 because most people aren't going to eat, you know, more than two buckets anyway. But it, it's just, it is insane. You know, you look at the soccer team in Vegas, how they do it well. And they have all these cool, you know, ideas and, and better prices. And there's like a minor league baseball team around me you know, tickets are like five, six bucks. And then you get in and you get a beer for $2, hot dog for $3. Like you can't charge. The, those are prices you see at like NFL games. I don't know what, what they're thinking. Are they selling out? Like, it, I just don't get it. It's, it's bizarre. I haven't gotten to a game there yet, but I know that they started to charge for parking, which is something that they never did before. Foley, the, the owner of the Golden Knights, he's in complete control of this arena. And it seems like he's doing whatever he wants. And the city doesn't have much to say, even though that they own it. Um, but yeah, like $9 for a hot dog. Um, it's just not prices that you would expect to see at a local sort of sports facility, but uh, there It'd it is. It's high for I mean, a Knights game. I mean, 15 bucks for a popcorn <laughs> is high for a Knights game. Yeah. And this is, you know, triple A hockey or double A hockey. I don't even know what level it is, but <laughs> it's not real hockey. It's like less than NHL hockey. It should be half the price. I plan to go on to some games, but I'm gonna boycott the concession stand. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be cheap, and uh, they want everybody out. to take know. out dollar loans when they're there. Yeah, you, you need to take a dollar loan out to uh, to go to the concession stand. All right, that's gonna do it for this week's show. As a reminder, we do two shows a week now, Tuesdays and Fridays. So don't forget to check out our other new show from this week, and we'll be back next week to discuss all of the latest Vegas news. Don't forget to leave a comment so we can discuss all these topics. Subscribe to the channel, smash that notification bell so you receive notifications of all of our videos. Thanks so much for watching. Talk to you next time. See you next week.